Good morning, y'all. I don't know about you, but as Shermaine was closing worship, I just feel like today is just a sigh of relief for some people. Is that true? Where it just feels like there's just this resting moment as we close out this year that has been 2020, and we prepare our hearts for what's next. And so I hope that by the end of this message, we can walk out of here with a greater joy and a greater expectancy for the new year, because I know some people might be nervous about the new year. They might be like, do I even make plans? Do I even set goals? What does January even look like? And I hope that as you walk out today that you are stirred by this message and that your faith is lifted because I know that this year has been the most insane year that most of us have lived through. Like for me, definitely was. The, the craziest year that I have lived through, it has been a year that has challenged me in so many ways. It's confused me at times. It's broken me at times, if I'm honest. Like I'm sure it's broken some of y'all as well. But through it all, God has remained the same. Throughout the entire year, God has been my anchor that has been so steady, so consistent, never changing. God is the one who has stayed the same despite the year that we've walked through. And because of God, because of my relationship with him, I could step into a new day with a greater joy, with a greater faith, and with a greater resilience than I had the day before. But I want to step into the new year with an even greater joy with an even greater faith and a greater resilience. And I don't know about you, but do you want to take that faith step with me today as we step into the new year? Because I know in Christian circles, it's very easy for us to say this phrase, have faith, right? Have you, has somebody ever said that to you before? Just a few of you. I think some of y'all are Has anybody said have faith to you before? Yeah, the people say, have faith. God's going to come through. Just have faith. And at times it can be encouraging, but other times, do you fully believe it? Like if you're honest, do you fully believe it every single time that you say it or that somebody says it to you? Do we fully understand what this faith is? Because we talk about our Christian faith. We talk about walking in faith. We talk about taking steps of faith. But what does it mean to live by faith. Over these next two weeks, I actually want us to go on just a little journey together. And today we're going to focus on one of my favorite chapters in the entire Bible. I will tell you about it in just a moment. But it's a chapter that I go to when I need a little pep talk, when I need a little bit of motivation and some inspiration to keep walking and to keep moving forward. You see, today I want us to look back on some great men and women of faith and how they faced each day and each new circumstance with resilience and with strength. Strength. I want us to look back on them and how they live their lives by faith. And then next week, I want us to look forward as a church and then practically set ourselves up to win as we go into a new year. And not just in terms of your business or your family or anything like that, but I want us to set ourselves up to win in our relationships with God so that next year could be an even greater year of greater intimacy with God. Because with greater intimacy with him, we have greater faith. Amen. So this week, my message is called, By Faith They Lived. If you're taking notes, you can write that down, and the notes are also in our app. And then next week, I think I'm going to call my message, Set Up to Win. So make sure you're here for that, because we're going to get super practical next week about how we can implement some things in our lives that will empower us to live lives of greater faith. But now you might be wondering what one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible is. Well, it's in the book of Hebrews. Who loves the book of Hebrews? Chapter 11. So if you go to chapter 11 in the book of Hebrews, that's where we're going to focus ourselves today. 
The author of Hebrews is unknown. Many believe it could have been Paul, but others disagree. And the thing is, it doesn't really matter who wrote it. What matters is that it was written to a group of Christians who were in danger of abandoning their faith because of how much opposition they were facing. Now, have any of you guys ever faced some opposition in your Christian faith? Have any of you guys ever felt like you were being hit from every side and you just couldn't get a breath? Have any of you ever felt like you just wanted to give up, throw in the towel and say, well, I'm done with this faith. I'm done with this God. I'm done with this church because you got discouraged in a moment. See, this church, the book of Hebrews, was actually written to a group of Christians who were in danger of abandoning their faith because of the opposition that they were under. And so if that's you in this final Sunday of 2020, I want you to know that God is saying to you today, let me remind you of the words I wrote in the book of Hebrews and let those words encourage you as you go into a new year. Is that all right? Well, let's pray before we jump into it. But God, I just thank you so much that you are here now with us. God, we can feel your presence in the room and we know that you have been with us this entire year. And so, God, on this final Sunday of 2020, we lean into you and we say, God, what it is, what is it that you want to say to us through the book of Hebrews? God, what do you want to say to us as we prepare to step into a new year? Because, God, we are listening. Would you help us and remind us of what it looks like to live by faith? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in verse 1, we read, faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. In another translation, it says to have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for and to be certain of the things we cannot see. Now, this in and of itself is incredibly difficult to understand when you weigh it up with logic and reason. And a lot of non-Christians actually find it so hard to comprehend why Christians would choose, their li- choose to live their lives by faith, choose to live their lives trusting an invisible God. In fact, atheists love to focus on the fact that God is invisible because if you can't see him, he must not exist, right? But you know, in this world, there are many things that we can't see, but they absolutely do exist and they absolutely are real. Like if you think about it, I can't see phone reception, but I trust that if I pick up my phone, it will connect me to somebody on the other side of the city the other side of the country or the other side of the world. I can't see it, but I know it's real. I can't see Wi-Fi, but I know that if I try to upload Facebook or Instagram, it's going to come through for me, mostly, often not in this building, but at my house it does. (laughs) I can't see the oxygen I breathe, but I know that if I just keep breathing, that invisible oxygen will keep me alive. Look, I can't see love but I can describe to you the feeling of love. I can't see pain that is internal, but I know exactly how real that pain is and how it can affect your entire being. There's many things in this world that I can't see, but I am absolutely 100% confident that they are real. Here's the thing, I may not be able to see God, but I have complete trust that if I just put my trust in him, this invisible God is actually gonna bless me. Faith is our foundation for hope. It's what we stand on. Faith is what we stand on. That's what hope is birthed out of our faith. But you know, non-Christians also use the word hope too. They'll say, I hope I get that promotion. I hope that my life will turn around. I'm hoping things will get better. But if that hope has no foundation, it's empty. And in fact, in those moments, if I'm honest, that's just wishful thinking. If that hope has no grounding, if that hope has no promise to stand on, then that's just wishful thinking. Often we hear people say, oh, the stars have aligned in my favor. The universe is on my side. Well, let me tell you, 
I don't care if the stars align in a certain way. I care about the God who aligned them. I don't care if the universe is on my side. I care about the God who controls the universe. See, I don't care about or put my trust in anything or anyone that was created. I actually put my trust in the creator himself. And what we need to understand today as we prepare our hearts for this new year is that our hope, it needs a foundation. It needs something that we can stand on, and that foundation is called faith. And faith is being certain that the God we read about in the Bible, the God that came through in miraculous ways for men and women throughout history will also come through for us today. Verse 2 says, it was by their faith. Say their faith. That people of ancient times won God's approval. You want to know how to please God? It's by your faith. That's how you please God. It's by your faith in him, your trust in him. That's what pleases him the most. Because here's the thing, anyone can believe in God. In fact, many people do. Even Satan and the demons believe in God. They acknowledge that God is real. They know God is real and recognize his power, but it takes incredible guts, incredible guts to put your trust in him. And the people that we read about in the Bible, they were just ordinary people that often had ordinary jobs and lived ordinary lives, but they were commended for taking steps of extraordinary faith. And when they took steps of extraordinary faith, it led to the most extraordinary miracles that we still read about today. And they've gone down in history as people who stepped out of their comfort zones, even moved their countries, faced ridicule and mockery, even faced potential death because they were living their lives by faith. So can we read part of this letter together today? And as I read this, I want you to hear it and receive it as if God himself is reading this to you today. Receive it as if God is whispering this to your heart as you prepare for the new year. Verse 3, by faith. Say by faith. Say it with conviction, by faith. We understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Verse 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable, acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. But before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Verse 6 says, and without faith... It is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and, and that he rewards those who seek him. You see, without faith, it's impossible for us to please God. But also in this very verse, it's saying that faith is twofold. It's first acknowledging that God is real, that God exists. But then secondly, it is believing that he will reward you when you seek him. When you seek him, meaning faith is action-based as well. Faith involves movement on your part as well. Seeking God is not just an acknowledgement of his existence. Seeking God is being active and drawing closer to him so that you can understand more of his heart, so that you can understand more of who he is. It's chasing after him. To please God, you can't simply acknowledge him, but also you have to relentlessly seek him. You know, I have faith that Frosty will come through for me when I need him the most. Why? 
because I know him. I know his heart for me. But if Rossi all of a sudden one day, yeah, I'm my mate, he's going to come through for us. I would have a harder time believing that if I didn't know that mate. Why? Because I know Frosty and I know his heart. And so I could trust him and put my full trust in him. But the friend, all I know about him is that he's Frosty's friend. I could acknowledge that he is real. I could acknowledge that he exists all I want, but if I haven't made the intentional effort to get to know that friend, then I can't fully put my trust in him yet. And the same goes for God. A lot of times people will acknowledge God is real and live their lives through other people's faith, other people's relationships, but until they actually make the effort to intentionally seek God themselves, then their idea of God is just based on this existence rather than a complete awareness of his goodness. We have to be able to relentlessly seek him so that we can put our trust in him. Verse 7, it says, By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. In reverent fear, that was this deep respect and this deep awe of knowing that God was doing something that he couldn't yet see, but he could do what he could in the physical. He took action. Verse 8 says, By faith Abraham, he obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise. Say promise. As in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, like y'all well past the age, she was old. And since she believed, say she believed, that God would keep his promise. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many of the stars in heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. If we skip ahead to verse 16, it says, all of these people, all of these men and women that I have just named, they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. He has prepared a city for them. See, all of these men and women, they could see what others couldn't. They could trust a God who was invisible. They could put their trust in him, and they were able to look past their earthly homeland, their earthly existence, their earthly circumstance, and look forward to a heavenly country. And they knew that that heavenly country, that heavenly destination was their final destination. And y'all, that heavenly country is our destination too. They knew as they lived their lives of incredible faith, they knew that there was more to life than this. And they lived out of that assurance of an eternity that was good with a God who was faithful. They knew that there was more. You know, when I first moved back to New Zealand, it was a massive faith step for me because I was working a job in Boston that was, by the world's view, brilliant. By the world's view, I had made it. I was successful. I could have climbed my way up the corporate ladder in a number of years. And I quit that job to move back to New Zealand because God said, move. And he didn't give me a job right away. He didn't even give me a work visa. He gave me a visitor's visa, but he said, will you go without money? Will you go without prestige? Will you go without security? Will you just go? All I had was an engagement ring to Frosty. And And I moved back, but here's the thing is 
Many people, friends and family, thought that it was crazy. And a lot of people, when they read the stories about these men and women in history, they would look at them and they'd be like, you're crazy, Noah. You're crazy, Abraham. Or you're crazy, Darcy. The steps that we take to do that. But here's the thing. I don't base my existence in a physical address. I base my existence knowing that there is a heavenly country awaiting me. Knowing that there is this eternity. So where I live in this world doesn't matter so much as how many people I can tell about eternity. And so I moved back with that assurance because I live my life based on a certain eternity. Now, do others think that the lives of Christians are filled with obscurity or absurdity? Absolutely. But here's the thing. I would rather stay faithful to God and appear foolish to some rather than leaning into the hope of the world and appear foolish to the one who created me. See, that's why I would rather live my life. And in verse 17... Let's keep going. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac, his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead. Figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. They would leave hundreds of years of slavery. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. By faith, Moses, when he was born, he was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and unusual, and they were not afraid. Say, not afraid? They were not afraid of the king's command. They were not afraid of what the world thought, of what people in the world thought, or what authorities in the world thought. They were not afraid. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid, say not afraid, of the anger of the king. He kept right on going, and he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people then crossed the Red Sea as if on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, they drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after the people of Israel marched around them for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Keys can join me now. How much more do I need to say? That's what it says in verse 32. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets who through faith, say through faith, conquered kingdoms. They enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking 
and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy. Wandering about. I don't know why that part makes me emotional. Wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. It's saying the world wasn't worthy of these men and women. The world wasn't worthy of their incredible faith. And the way that they stepped out, the way that they were mocked, the way that they were persecuted, but they kept on going. The world could not understand their relentless faith in the invisible God. Yet the world is still amazed to this day by the work of the invisible God because his work ain't invisible. The world was not worthy. Do you think Noah looked ridiculous when he started to construct an ark because God said a storm is coming? Absolutely. He was mocked, and it took him so long to build that ark. That was facing a lot of opposition while he was building that, but yet he trusted that what God had said would come to pass. See, faith for God to move saved Abraham and Isaac. Faith for God to move saved Moses and the Israelites. Faith for God to move saved Rahab and her family before the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. These people were just ordinary people but they lived an extraordinary life of faith. And when they go down in history, I love that at the start of each sentence, every time they mention somebody new in Hebrews chapter 11, it's by faith Noah, by faith Rahab, by faith Abraham. It all starts with by faith they lived. And my prayer is that at the end of my life, that people wouldn't just say, oh, she was a good wife to Frosty, or she was an all right pastor, or she, she had a good family, or she, she did some good things. I hope that when people talk about me after I am long gone, that it starts with the words, by faith, she lived. By faith, she lived. By faith, Darcy moved back to New Zealand, and God honored that. So what is faith? It is being certain of the things that we cannot see because we know the God who sees it all. What does it mean to have faith? It, it means that we trust this invisible God and we live out of this expectancy for God to show up when we need him the most. What does it mean to live by faith? It means we live a life based not on what we can do in our own strength, but rather based on what God can do in his might and his power and his glory. And here's the thing, each of these men and women were commended for their faith because they took action. They took action. They didn't just sit still and do life and go through the same routines day after day. They stepped out in faith. When God said, be strong and courageous, they stepped out and they conquered kingdoms. They quenched the power of fire. They stopped the mouths of lions. And we read about this in James chapter 2 about taking action. In verse 14, he says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but you don't show it, by your actions, could that kind of faith save anyone? Verse 17, faith by itself is not enough. 
unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Verse 24, so you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Verse 26, just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. You know, my most powerful testifying moments in life have actually come from when I took a calculated risk and I stepped out in faith, putting my trust in this invisible God that we preach about every single Sunday, and I waited on God to follow through with his goodness and his provision and his promise. See, by faith, I was led by God to take a chance on Frosty, even though the idea of being a pastor's wife terrified me. Didn't even think about being a pastor myself at that point. By faith, I had to move back to Boston to honor a commitment that I made to a consulting firm over there, trusting that God would make a way for the two of us to be brought back together. By faith, eventually I quit that job, a job that the world thought was brilliant and accepted a visitor's visa to come to New Zealand with absolutely no job prospects whatsoever. By faith, I booked my plane ticket. And within weeks of booking that ticket, Pastor Luke called Frosty into his office and said, we want you and Darcy to be the next youth pastors. When's she coming back? And he's like, well, she just booked her ticket last week. By faith, within a week of, of landing in this country, we were leading the greatest youth ministry in the world over at Elam Christian Center Botany. And by faith, by faith, we championed the youth and the young adults of our Botany campus until God said, now would you go to the people of Papakura? By faith, we moved out here and we planted this church from scratch. And every single week since we've opened our doors, lives have been transformed and new people have come in. By faith, we walked together as a church through two different 2020 lockdowns with a few quiz nights thrown in. And by faith, we're gonna walk together as a church family into the new year, expectant for what God is gonna do. Are you living your life by faith? Is God a part of your world in every aspect or is he just a part of your world on a Sunday morning? If you think about it, when your great, great, great grandchildren hear about you, will it start with the words, by faith she lived, or by faith, he lived. What legacy will people tell when they talk about you? This letter to the Hebrews, it's a letter to you. It's a letter birthed and breathed by God so that we could continually be inspired to think big picture, think long-term, think eternity, realize that there is always something more, even if you can't see it, yet, yet. God is always doing something behind the scenes and we need to be encouraged that this world is not worthy of us. We belong to a heavenly country. We have a heavenly destination. We belong to the creator and if he's on our side, if he is for us, then who could be against us? You know, I know that in our final service of 2020 that there's some people in the room today where as you step into the new year, you need to take some calculated risks and put your full trust into the God who made you. Some people are expecting God to simply drop things in their lap with no effort on their part. But faith takes action. Faith takes action on our part. When you move, God moves. When you move, God moves. 
It's this beautiful dance, this beautiful rhythm of living in faith with God. And I just wanted us, in this last Sunday, I said, God, what do we need to hear? And he said, girl, give them a pep talk. As we go into this new year, remind them of the words written in Hebrews chapter 11. And then next week, next week we are starting a brand new series called Promises for the whole month of January, and I'm so excited. And next week, I want us to get practical. And we're going to get practical, uh, practical about how we develop a greater intimacy with God going into this new year because that's what every single person in this room needs. We all need a greater intimacy with God because the greater we draw close to Him, the more we can put our trust in Him the more we can live our lives like the men and women that we read about in Scripture. And then hopefully one day, when people hear your story, they'll say, by faith, he lived. By faith, she lived. And so church, could I just pray for y'all today? As we finish out 2020, if you're needing a boost of strength and courage in this moment, would you just lift your hand as I pray? God, I thank you so much that you are here, that you are good, and that you are always moving behind the scenes. God, I pray that as we walk out of your house today, God, would you fill us with your spirit? Would you surround us with your protection? Would you surround us with your goodness, your mercy, and your faithfulness? God, I pray that as we step into the new year, more than anything, we would step into the new year closer to you, closer to your goodness, closer to your promises, closer to your character. And God, I pray in that process of drawing closer to you, God, would you shape us and change us and mold us to become more like you so that we could live our lives by faith. In Jesus' name, amen.